Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 1. Once again, we're going to read from verse 1 through verse 5 today. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Hebrews 1, 1. God, who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath anointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father." and he shall be to me a son. Let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that we do have this opportunity to come today to enjoy your precious word and to stand here and read your word and enjoy the wonderful time of fellowship during Sunday school and and just to feel your presence. Father, if it not be for you sending the comforter to indwell each believer's hearts, sending the, the, the Spirit to come and convict the hearts and show us that we're lost and show us that we need a Savior and then introduce us to, to your Son, Jesus. We, we just thank you for the, the work that the Holy Spirit uh, has brought to us and we thank you for your love and your joy that you give us and continue to guide and lead us as we prepare and, 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 and study and search this precious book, I ask for your guidance and for your direction. Touch every heart, Father. Speak to every one of us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was first saved, I was... Uh, we had uh, left the Lutheran Church, and we found some uh, some folks, some dear friends that knew the Lord Jesus, that loved the Lord Jesus, and he had given me a book, a little paperback book, to uh, enjoy in, in helping to study the Word of God. And it was from M.R. DeHaan. Now, M.R. DeHaan, if you're familiar at all with M.R. DeHaan, he was a medical doctor. And then later in his years, M.R. DeHaan was saved. And in being in, in getting saved and, and, and being saved, then he began to preach and proclaim the Word of God. And he has a tremendous insight by 
I believe, the guidance of the Holy Spirit as he has recorded many very simple books. Most of them are fairly small, but ones that that I praise the Lord that have have set my foundation up, up on through the Word of God. And one was Adventures of Faith of Abraham, another portray, uh, uh, Portraits of Christ in Genesis. Uh, one of the first books that I read was the was the book on Jonah, and and that thing touched my heart, and 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 uh, uh, and 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 got tossed to the to the curb uh, by my family when I said uh, I love that book of Jonah. It is so good, and oh, that's just a myth. That that's not a that's not a real story, and so as as I have have grown and have enjoyed them uh, uh the uh, uh tabernacle uh his understanding and wisdom uh on the tabernacle uh, back in Exodus Leviticus is tremendous it's simple it's clear and and i believe out of the addition of the holy spirit but I believe that M. R. D. Hahn probably has had, for an individual, for a human being, he has had more influence on my spiritual life than anyone else. Um, and as I've shared many times, when I when I study a, a book, uh, I only uh, look to see and search and study, and I've got about five professors that I enjoy looking into and asking the Lord to direct me through the Word of God. And Marty Hahn is is uh, is one of those that I dearly love and enjoy, and he has given me the foundation. The reason that I have taken the time uh, to uh, to share that is because. I read something in his book, and, and I, I'm going to quote it because this is his introduction to the book of Hebrews. And because we have read these three verses now for the third week, and here's the quote, it gives us the great treasure of the divine revelation concerning Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, Creator, and sustainer of the universe, the savior of the world, the purger of our sins, the rightful heir of all things, and the coming eternal king, now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. That is his introduction to the book of Hebrews. And in 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 looking and enjoying that book, he he says multiple times, he said, I did not want to write this book because so many others have written so many good books on the book of Hebrews that he felt it was unnecessary, but he said the Lord wouldn't let me alone. And, uh, and it is a wonderful, another great book that he has written is The Chemistry of the Blood. And that is a tremendous, and him being a medical doctor, it really is great. So if you, I love Oliver Green. Uh, I, I, I have, you know, uh, the only people that I study 
are folks that I know their life, I know their testimony, and they are dead. They're not going to change. Too many today, you can be following someone and all of a sudden you don't realize but you're going astray because they've went astray. But I have watched and witnessed the testimony of these preachers, my professors as I call them, uh, and they have been a joy for me to, uh, to search and enjoy. But I thought that was a tremendous introduction to the book of Hebrews, and I, I couldn't say it any better way. So um, uh, they mostly are out of print now. Of course, anything great, anything good is out of print. We're having trouble finding Oliver Green. We're having trouble finding uh, uh, books of M.R. Hahn. Um, uh, if you happen to be at, at, at some, you know, a, a book sale, you know, in an old library or something, and you see anything on Oliver Green or M.R.D. Hahn, grab it, because it is going to be the best foundation for you and for anyone that you lead to Christ, uh, because it, it is so wonderful and so basic. And so I wanted you to to hear uh, what that is. And again, if there is one human that is responsible for my spiritual foundation and growth, it is M.R. Hahn, uh, because he has uh, placed me on that proper road. Now, we have looked and enjoyed verse 2, verse 1 and 2 both, but in... Uh, We'll just start here with verse 1 again. God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. That's that's how he, and, and we have spent some time talking about how that he, he dealt through uh, visions and, and, and through dreams and through so many different ways. But hath in, in these last days spoken to us by his Son. And we need to understand that now we have everything that we need. We have the Holy Spirit within our heart, and we have the Word of God. And that Word is is the Son of God has spoken to us, and we need nothing else. We have everything that we need. And the Lord is very clear about that right here. Hath in these last days spoken to us by His Son... By his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds. And we kind of addressed all that in the, uh, uh, the uh, introduction that Dr. DeHaan gave. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the expect, express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Beautiful, wonderful verses of scripture. As we begin that, it says, express image, his form, the form of God. He is God in the flesh, and we need to to see that. God in the flesh have some verses of Scripture here we're going to look at. We looked at several in Sunday school. We're going to do the same uh, and enjoy it. Look to 2 Corinthians with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. 
understanding what our Lord and Savior, what he has accomplished for us. Second Corinthians, Paul tells us by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Second Corinthians 5.19. Second Corinthians chapter five verse nineteen To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So he has paid the price. He has purchased us. Let's go to John, the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 14. We find that the Lord Jesus has come. We're going to learn many times that if you know the Son, then you know the Father. You cannot know the Father without knowing the Son. John fourteen seven. If ye had known me... He should have known my father also, and from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. And so Jesus makes this very clear connection. And let's move up uh, a couple verses to, uh, uh, or down to verse 9. I'm sorry, that was verse uh, uh, 7, verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? And on to verse 10, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And so as we look, we find that if you know the Son, the Lord Jesus, then you know God the Father, because they are one, two individual uh, persons, but they are, their, their character, their, their, their every thought, everything is exactly together. Never, never will it be separated or apart. When I visit with folks, for their uh, 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 wedding, I always go through uh, a, a little bit of a of a thought or a scenario of if you have something that you want to do and you're in a disagreement. Um, one says, I want to do it this way, and the other says, I want to do it this way. So I ask, who is listening to the Spirit of God? Are you asking the Spirit of God to direct you on which way you want to go? And and they visit back and forth a little bit. And I said, now, you still don't agree. If both of you said that you have searched the will of God, you have searched the and allowed the Holy Spirit to, to show you the way, but you still disagree. How can that be? The Spirit is always in agreement with God. So if you say, I'm listening to the Spirit, and you say, I'm listening to the Spirit, but you're not in agreement, 
one of you is not really listening to the Spirit. One of you is not really surrendering to what the Spirit wants. And then I always make it a little clearer, maybe neither one of you are. Because if you were, you would be in agreement. Now, we all have the flesh and all those things that's a part of it. But if we really, really listen and really surrender to the Holy Spirit, we will always agree. Because the Spirit is one, and He will never lead us in different directions. Now, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit... They are always one. They are always in agreement. And so they want to know about the Father. And he says, you already know about the Father because you know me. And if you don't know me, then you can't know the Father. And that's the explanation to these Hebrew Christians and to us to settle on the very fact that when you know the Son, you know the Father. But the only way you can know the Father is to know the Son first because we have to deal with our our sin. We can't go straight to the Father without going through the Son and having Him to take our sin away. Set that covered by the blood. We've we've sung those beautiful hymns this morning. And uh, uh, the uh, uh, Friday at the funeral is How Great Thou Art, the third verse, clearly speaks of how the Son went to the cross and shed his blood. And, uh, and um, I was uh, hoping I had not visited with uh, uh, the, the one that sung the, uh, sang the hymn, and I was hoping all the time, please, please do not skip that third verse. So many people don't sing all four verses. They sing one or two or three verses, and they'll skip part of those beautiful verses. And when you do, when you skip any verses in in those hymns, you're taking away the message that that songwriter wanted you to have. And I, I, I thought, Lord, please, while when he stood up to sing, I thought, Lord, please have him sing all four verses, and he did. And so it was wonderful that uh, the message uh, came out and then we were able to to, uh, proclaim it again. And so when we sing these hymns, we sing all the verses to get the full impact of the message that we need so that our hearts can be touched and can be set. And so here, that's what the Apostle Paul, I, I believe again that he is the writer of Hebrews, and he is bringing by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, trying to show these people that you must know the Son, and then you can know the Father. And if you do know the Son, you know the Father. It's very clear. And in first, uh, in in uh, Colossians chapter one verse seventeen, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And that is the Lord Jesus. You know, part of the work of the mediator between God and man is to rule and to direct all things. We think of him being a mediator, we go to him. And we have that joy. 
we have that opportunity to call upon him and and he through the spirit directs the words properly and asks the right questions and then our mediator the lord jesus can go to the father and 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 he he has taken care of our sin uh he 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 comes before the father with joy because we have trusted in him our sins are forgiven what a joy it is but understand that not only do we have the opportunity to go but he also rules and directs everything and so understand that simple simple plan here as we come down through that third verse by the power of his uh, uh, by the word of his power and when he had by himself purged our sins. And so when we look at this and, and, and see that he has purged our sins, how has he done that? By himself. By nothing you and I can... can we, we can't assist him. We can't help him. We can't clean our lives up and then come by faith to him and and then get saved. He has taken our sin away. He has cleaned the slate, and it's by and through his precious blood. And so that word right there, I have underlined two sections there, by the word of his power, and then by himself purged our sins two very important keys because that is the very key to the whole book he the son by himself purged our sins the whole book is about that that is the summary of it and so understand as we are searching this precious book don't ever forget the 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 basic the the actual outline the main theme of this book is those precious words by himself purged our sins you know we talk about why that the lord jesus had to go to the cross to save us you know he 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 had to deal with my sin he had to deal with your sin But Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. But he came to please his Father. The result was to save us. But his purpose was to please his Father. That's why he came. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he shed his blood. Was to please his father. His father sent him to save us. Sent us to save us. The son himself purged, made an atonement for our sins. The sacrifice on the cross 
was for the remission, for the removal, for the taking away of our sin. Sin is not imputed. Not, it's, set, it's not set to our account. It's not imputed to those who trust in Jesus, but only through the sacrifice of the precious Lamb of God. There is no other way. This great truth, uh, Jesus did not come as the priests, as the high priest would offer the, the goat on the Day of Atonement. He needed to repeat that every year. And that's the reason you're going to find that is, there is so many references uh, to the, in the book of Hebrews back to Exodus and Leviticus. And so we're going to be back and forth through there uh, uh, many times. Uh, and there's going to be times we're going to spend weeks back just in those books because we need to see the picture that was given for all those to learn and to see and to have. The law, as we talked in Sunday school, kills. When, when Moses went up on, the Mount, on Mount Sinai and came back with the law, the only thing it did was put you to death. It killed you. And no one ever talks about, when you ask anybody about when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, what did Moses receive? He received the law, the Ten Commandments. That's what he received. At the same time, the exact same time, he received the plans to the tabernacle. And you see, every time that God brings judgment, he also gives the opportunity of redemption. And the tabernacle is a full, complete picture of the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. But nobody knows about the tabernacle. Nobody studies the tabernacle. Nobody enjoys that beautiful picture of the tabernacle. It's a wonderful way to bring somebody to the Lord Jesus. But help them to see the law kills. The tabernacle was the picture of Jesus that saves. Always the opportunity is present. And Moses got those at the same time. He received both of those at the same time. But nobody knows about the tabernacle because the devil don't want you to know about the tabernacle. He wants you to try to keep the law. Oh, you're okay. You're not that bad. You can make it. Just keep trying. Keep trying. You'll be okay. We can't save ourselves. We can't save ourselves. So the great truth that Jesus, he did not come and offer a lamb or a dove the high priest was under the law. But the picture that was given with the tabernacle is a picture of the Lord Jesus. Jesus gave himself. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32.
Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 32. It says, Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How are we saved? It's for Christ's sake. Jesus paid the price. Go back to chapter 2 in Ephesians, verse 6 and 7. The opportunities that he's given us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. And hath raised us up together. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. Always through Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. There is no other way, no other one, except the Son of God and through His precious blood that can make an atonement for our sin. We need to come by faith to Jesus. See, the earlier sacrifices that was made by Aaron originally was the first high priest and the other high priests as they uh, followed suit, all pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the spotless Lamb of God. What was given, and we're going to go back to uh, just two more verses of Scripture, and then we'll close for the day, but go back to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4. If you have no understanding of the book of Leviticus or Exodus, and we read this, what does this mean to you? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. What's that got to do with anything? If you have no understanding of Exodus and Leviticus and the offerings and the sacrifices they brought and why they brought them, that verse of Scripture means nothing to you. And that's the reason that, again, we're going to be finding ourselves back into Exodus and Leviticus. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Only by the blood of the Lord Jesus. All that was, and a good term for it was, it was only a promissory note. If you know what this portrays this shows you it is a promise of something that's going to come because as the scripture says back in hebrews chapter 3 by himself i hope that you underline it by himself jesus fulfilled what all others before pictured now we're going to close with this one going back to leviticus Leviticus chapter 16, verse 30. 
Leviticus 16, verse 30. And it says, For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you, to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. That day, it was Leviticus 16.30. There are many, the one that everyone realizes or remembers is the Passover. That's a feast that everyone acknowledges and remembers is the Passover. Well, there are many others. There's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. There's the Passover. There's the Day of Pentecost. There's many feasts, and we'll go through those. One of those is the Feast of the Day of Atonement. And that's the reference that's made back in Leviticus 16. On the Day of Atonement, once a year, the high priest would bring two goats forward and they would cast lots. The high priest, if you remember again, uh, I, I, I almost, I, I wanted to go back and do Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then come to Hebrews. But I'm not going to live that long. <laughs> and so we're just going to have to do a summary here. And, and on the Day of Atonement, the high priest, with his urm and thermum that he had in his little pouch, would tell him which goat would be left alive. It was a yes or a no. Is this the goat or is this the goat? And and so one goat would be put to death, and they would uh, catch his blood. The other one was left alive. And so the dead goat, the blood from that goat then, would be taken in, this was the second time, there's, there's only two times in a full year that the high priest or anyone else ever goes into the Holy of Holies. You have the tabernacle, you have the brazen altar, the brazen laver, then you go into the, the holy place, the table of showbread, and the, the, uh, the uh, beautiful uh, golden lampstand and the incense altar. Then we have the veil, and then you go into the Holy of Holies. This building is 30 foot, um, it's 45 foot by 15 foot, 15 foot tall, beautiful embroidered uh, white linen on the ceiling, golden walls, and, and then here's this beautiful veil that's before you, and the room behind is a 15 by 15 with the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat. And in that room then, twice a year, the first time the high priest would have to come in confess his own sin, he'd kill a bullock, and take that blood, take it into the Holy of Holies, and sprinkle it seven times. Seven times is a number of completeness and perfection. Seven times. And then he would come back out, and then this is when he would choose the goat, kill the goat, uh, and, and then take that blood and go forward into the Holy of Holies, sprinkle that blood seven times upon the mercy seat, and then come back out and take those bloody hands, lay them on the head of the, of the live goat, and confess the sins of the nation of Israel. And then that goat was led up by righteous men up into the hills, never to return again. 
What a beautiful picture of what Jesus does for us. He shed his blood. He took his blood and presented it to God the Father. And our sins are as far as the east is from the west. Never to touch each other. Never to return again. What a beautiful picture. And for, for most of mankind, most believers, never study the Old Testament and have that beautiful picture of, of that one feast, the Feast of Atonement. That was one day a year out of the feasts that were presented. And that's what we read back in Leviticus. And that was a picture that has been fulfilled by our Lord and Savior when he went to the cross of Calvary. But it was all a picture. The whole purpose of the tabernacle and bringing of the offerings and the sacrifices for one reason, and that is to remind them of the cost of sin and the only way we're going to have our sins forgiven, and that is by the shed blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when they, when they dedicated Solomon's temple, millions of animals were slaughtered to give that picture of what was to come. And yet they missed it. The Jews missed it. And most today miss that precious picture of Jesus dying on the cross to take our sins away. Start there next week. We got one verse. Father, we thank and praise you for the joy, the opportunity to come and listen, fellowship over your precious words. Help us, Father, if we don't have any understanding of of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Uh, Father, help us to read those precious books. Read those verses of Scripture. Study those verses of Scripture. Learn of them. Because when we go through Hebrews here, the more we understand of the books of Moses, the, the more understanding we're going to have of what you want us to learn here in Hebrews. So please open our eyes, open our ears, our minds, our heart, Father, please. Guide us through here. Show us the way to the cross. And then, Father, show us the, the way that we have peace and joy, strength. Bless us, Father. Show us your way for our lives. Bring us to salvation if we don't know you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.